This is Chris Brooks. Thank you for listening to this edition of Equip. Be sure and subscribe for free so that you don't miss an episode. For more information, visit our website, equipradio.org. Well, hey there, friends. Welcome to another exciting edition of Equip with Chris Brooks. I am so thrilled that you joined me today. Can you do me a favor? Strap on your seatbelt. We're going to navigate through the contours of culture, as always, with the lens of the biblical worldview on. But before we do that, let me remind you, this is the day that the Lord has made. He has given it as a gift so that you and I can rejoice and be glad in it. So let's do just that. Let's follow the words of the Apostle Paul. Let's rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And with that, I welcome you into what will be a very healing edition of Equip. I say healing because I think we all know what it's like to need that from the Lord. Today, I want to spend some time talking about what happens when life throws you the unexpected. When you have your life perfectly planned out, then something you didn't anticipate becomes a part of it. How do you trust God? How do you hold on to your faith when uh, you face the unexpected. You know, many of us can think back on our childhood and remember planning out our lives. For some, uh, even as adolescents, they were planning their wedding day. Many of you may relate to that. For others, it was when they got to their teen years and they had their career, their college already planned out. For others, it was in their 20s when they decided, this is going to be my path all the way to retirement. And a lot of us have been there. But then what do you do when life throws you a curveball? How do you hang on to your faith in Jesus through it all? Well, today I want to share a testimony while helping you to navigate through the unexpected, the challenges of life, keeping your faith in Jesus. I have a great guest and a wonderful book. The book is simply entitled In the Hands of of a fiercely tender God. I love that. I love that title because it brings together two words that often aren't associated with one another, fiercely and tender. We'll unpack that and help you to understand what that means. But Colleen Chow is the uh, author of that book. I got a chance to meet Colleen through our mutual friend, Nancy DeMoss Wagamuth. And uh, Nancy had to revive our hearts gathering and I heard Colleen's story for the first time. And not only hearing her story, but hearing her share her love for Jesus and her love for his word has really touched my heart, my wife's heart, and the hearts of many. And I'm so grateful that she's been able to capture uh, some reflections in this wonderful book. It's a 31-day uh, journey, really, to hope, honesty, and encouragement from the sufferer. Colleen has written extensively about finding God's goodness in unexpected chapters of life, including singleness, chronic illness, and yes, even terminal cancer. She joins me today. Colleen, how are you? Oh, I'm doing well. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for having me. You know, um, a lot of folks uh, would avoid writing a book. It is a labor of love. It is not easy <laughs> to do. Uh, why, Colleen, write a book like this? Hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, the beautiful thing is moments after I received um, my terminal diagnosis, I sensed the spirit pressing on my heart that there was more work to do. And he wanted me to really 
um, he wanted me to write. And I had resisted the idea of writing a book. And I wanted to do that when I was 80 and wise. (laughs) So I'd written articles and things like that. But I just really felt like this was the time. This was my 80. (laughs) So, um, So, yeah. I would say this. You're a great writer. And I'm so grateful for how the Lord uses you in uh, in this book. But you just said a word that uh, some who are listening will say, wait a minute, let's slow down. What do you mean terminal diagnoses? Let's go back, mm-hmm. if we could, just a little bit. Uh, when I described that type of person who had their life kind of planned out, was taking mm-hmm. the bull by the horn, that was you, wasn't it? Oh, 100%. <laughs> yes. Yep, I had big plans. So talk a little bit about that, that uh, season of your life before you were married, young adult, mm-hmm. talk about how life was going and and maybe briefly take us through marriage and where you are now. Hmm. Yeah, even as a little girl, I just was ambitious. I was driven, firstborn, pastor's kid, and I just wanted to take on the world. As I grew through my teens, I came to a place of just really um, loving Jesus and his word. Um, and I thought I was, you know, hugely skilled to take Jesus to other people. <laughs> and I was going to be this gift to the world, um, either as a pastor's wife or a missionary and write books and, you know, change people's lives in my sleep. Um, <laughs> so I had these big, big goals, big dreams. And um, at 19 years old, I depression blindsided me, deep, mm, dark mm. depression. And it was my first taste of, whoa, I, I'm not all that. <laughs> there yeah. are some things about me that are broken and scary. And then from there, I entered a long period of singleness, um, which was not in my plans. I was going to get married young, like the rest of my friends and have three, four kids and, um, and have an amazing family. And so I got married in my mid thirties and, um, in my early thirties, I had these irritating little symptoms that started to explode into chronic pain and illness. Um, so even as I was getting married, we were, we, my new husband and I were going to doctors and trying to figure out what was going on. And then I gave birth to a son with multiple health complications. Um, and we kind of pushed through all that came to a place of health when my son was about six years old. And then I found a lump, um, a cancerous mass. Um, and it, you know, it it just felt at that point, like, whoa, (laughs) none of my plans are coming to fruition. But all through that journey, I was meeting God, you know, all along the way, Mm -hmm. I was finding more of Jesus. Um, Mm -hmm. but it definitely doesn't look like anything I'd planned. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's interesting as I listen to you, Colleen, I just made, uh, just notes here of, of three, um, three curveballs. Obviously Mm. the, uh, the journey of the darkness of depression is -hmm. something a lot of folks can relate to, man. I didn't invite this. I don't want this. I've prayed God, take it away. But yet this seems to be ever present. Um, and my, my heart goes out to those who are living through that, but you've, you've experienced decades of that. And then Mm. the sadness of a sick child, man, Mm. I I can relate to that. I mean, not Mm. only in the losing of our son, uh, but, um, also our youngest daughter. I just remember Mm. Colleen, just the first few months of her life being in the hospital so much that driving into the parking lot was traumatizing. 
Like, yeah. oh. I, oh, just yes. going <sighs> to the children's mm. hospital parking lot was wow. uh, was was traumatizing. And then yep. you talk about obviously later the chronic illness and uh, the terminal diagnosis. So, mm-hmm. th- but but through it all, you say. Man, there were these, uh, and even in the midst of the brokenness, there was these encounters with the grace of God that sustained you. And what is the hope then? What is the hope of your life and the hope of this book that you've written? Mm. You know, it is such an exchanging of dreams is what um, one way I can describe it is my initial dreams as a little girl and as a teen and even into my early 20s, those were small um, little earth dreams <laughs> that my little kid hands were wrapped around tightly. Sure. And Jesus wanted to free me from those and give me eternally minded dreams, big, infinite stuff. And those kind of dreams cost they they come at a price. And it's because we live on this side of things, right? We're, we're talking about infinite realities with finite minds. Um, and so the hope in this that has become so palpable is that there is another world, right? We are so rooted in this one. We want all the good things here and now, but the hope is this is small and this is short and so much good is coming at us on the other side that, a few breaths of pain here are going to feel like nothing. You know, like uh, they don't feel like a few breaths of pain here. They feel inordinately huge and overwhelming and too much. But Jesus with us in those moments of too much is everything. He's become better and better and more and more beautiful. And I love him more and experience him more because of the curveballs. you know? Yes. So when you look at uh, what the doctors are saying, and just to be clear, what is the current mm. prognosis? Mm. So I my initial um, breast cancer diagnosis was in 2017, and then um, we went through all you know all the chemo, double mastectomy, all those things. Had a couple year and a half, couple years of no cancer, no signs of cancer, and then in 2021. Um, we it just suddenly came back. I had been given an all clear a few months before. Um, and then suddenly it was just a wildfire and stage four terminal. Mm-hmm. Um, so the timeline seemed, it, it's, it's a tricky one. So we don't even share it anymore sure. because it's, sure. it's it, we're just living one, one day at a time, but it's, um, yeah. it, it's an extraordinary journey to walk. It's, it's crazy, right? To hear yes. that, like yes. you've walked through grief and loss and there's nothing like it. It turns your yes. world upside down. It does. And so here's what we're going to do. Uh, the, the hope and the goal of this conversation is not to multiply fears or anxieties. Mm. I recognize mm. that there's a lot of folks listening to us right now who's been through breast cancer, who mm. live with the daily concern. Is that going to come mm. back? And mm. the goal is not to cause you to be afraid. Even when I talk yeah. about uh, our son, Chris, and um, mm. his passing, it's not to cause every parent to feel like, man, I got to clench my children tightly and never let mm. go. Uh, it is ultimately to tell you and to celebrate and to announce the grace of God yes. and sufficiency of his love for us. And uh, yeah. when we often think about grace, Colleen, 
we think about the, the grace for salvation. Like, I get that. The doctrine of God's grace to save me. But I want you to know there's grace not just for salvation, but there's grace for suffering as well. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what Colleen's book does so beautifully and so brilliantly. So we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about how do you live every day while preparing for eternity. We're also going to talk about her love for the word. If you know Colleen, if you've been around her for five minutes, you know her love for the word. So we're going to talk about what's the origin of that, where'd that come from, and how is she experiencing and engaging God through the scriptures daily. There's so much to this story. Yes, there's uh, tears, but there's also triumph. And mostly, there is the glory of God in all things. We're going to talk about that and much more. You will not want to miss a second of this, so don't change that down. Much more to come next up on Equip with Chris Brooks. We all want to live joy-filled lives, filled with satisfaction in God. But that life is not automatic, even for seasoned saints. So what do you do when you're weary in the battle and you want to give up? John Piper's book, When I Don't Desire God, will energize you as you fight for joy and encourage others along the way. Ask for your copy when you support Equip this month. Call 888-644-4144 or go to EquipRadio.org. Hey there, friends. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. Today, we're talking about what, how do you survive when life throws you the unexpected and looking to God for hope, even in the midst of sorrow. The book that we're looking at today is called In the Hands of a Fiercely Tender God, 31 Days of Hope, Honesty, and Encouragement for the Sufferer. Colleen Chow is the author of it. Colleen, let's talk about your love for scripture. Where did it start and uh, how has it just sustained you through these various seasons of your life? Mm, I love that question because I love talking about the word. <laughs> um, well, I, I came to understand the basics of the gospel when I was four, made an initial salvation decision as much as I could understand at that time, because I was a pretty horrible child. So I understood sin <laughs> <laughs> and my need for a savior. <laughs> you just provided so, so much encouragement for parents out there. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I told my parents, I'm like, I don't know why you had five kids after me. That's crazy. <laughs> uh, but um, by the time I was 11, I had just had so much anxiety over um, my sin, really. I, I was struggling with just crazy guilt and um, went to an Awana camp where they talked about getting in the Word. And at that point, I just, my heart moved. And I was like, this is what I want. I want Jesus to be Lord of my life. Um, I want to learn more about him and grow. And so I went home and my parents got me this simple little kid's Bible study. And from age 11 on, there have been very few days I've not been in the word. It grabbed me. It captured mm. me. It started changing me. Um, and I don't say that to say I'm faithful at all. I, <laughs> I just say like, this is it. This in Deuteronomy, it says, your words are life. And that's, that's the truth of it for me is um, 
as what Peter said, where else would we go? Um, Your words are life. He says it again in the New Testament. And that is the reality for me, what I've experienced all these decades. So I I just love meeting Jesus in the word. And it's not for head knowledge. I think maybe that's what it started out to be. Um, when I was young and figuring it out. And then there was a season I went through, I was super legalistic about it. And then God just started liberating me to say, meet me in these pages. I love Mm. meeting you. I love talking to you. I love giving you what you need. Um, You know, his word is a lamp into our feet, a light for our path. And, and he shows us the next step with us. He's there with us. His presence is our good, Psalm 73 says. Um, and Psalm 16, eternal pleasures are at his right hand. Um, mm. Abundant joy in his presence. And so that's what this beautiful book is about, is meeting him, engaging with him in it, instead of just checking off a list each day. Or it's like, yes. for me, it's like, I can't go a day without this. People don't want to be around me if I haven't been in Jesus's presence <laughs> in these pages, you know? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's so interesting. I was having a conversation with my kids and, you know, they're pastor's kids, so pray for mm. them. Uh, <laughs> and they're in Christian school and all these things. Mm. And it just dawned on me a few days ago, I was thinking, Man, my kids are in the Word every day, but are Mm -hmm. they in the Word because they are drawn to it or Mm -hmm. because that's the structure of their life, you know? Mm -hmm. And and I just sense the Lord telling me to have a conversation with them, to back off a little bit, to give Mm -hmm. them space, to discover what you just articulated. Uh, And my prayer Mm -hmm. for them and what I share with them is that I just want you to know why I go to the Word. It it really is a joy to my heart. I, I really do mm. experience um, grace and not only grace, but wisdom for how to live. Yes. Yes. And uh, my heart is healed when I go yep. to the Word. And so <laughs> I found myself sharing with them the impact that the Word has on me and then mm. almost like releasing them from the thought that I'm not going to police your devotional time. <laughs> you know, it. as, your, as mm-hmm. your pastor did, I'm not going to say <laughs> that you do 30 minutes today. You know, uh-huh. <laughs> and that comes to my mind. I got to be honest mm. with you. Um, that type of structure constantly yep. comes up in my mind. I would imagine I'm not the only Christian parent that yep. struggles with that. But what yep. I do want them to know is that, um, as Jesus said, it is the well, he is the well uh, for the thirsty soul that mm. you drink of him, you will never thirst again. I want them to experience that. Um I want to ask another question. We we all know that um, if Jesus tarries, we're all going to experience death. That mm-hmm. is 100% true for all of us. Yeah. But yeah. when you're diagnosed with a terminal illness like you have, mm-hmm. eternity seems to be more in view. Yeah. So my question for you is twofold. First, how do you live day to day to the full um, when when eternity seems so near, um, and secondly, what are you learning to appreciate about God more mm. in light of this diagnosis that's come from the doctors and mm. and uh, eternity being so near? Wow, I love your questions, and we could spend days on this, right? Yes, um, but it truly is. That's why I call this a gift. Of course, in it. Uh, in and of itself, it is not a gift. But 
what God does through the nearness of eternity in my heart is, and it's, um, I forget the Psalm. I want to say Psalm 90, where it says, teach us to number our days so that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And I think we're so protected in our culture from death and um, from our mortality in general anyway. And so this, this reality for me is, it has become very precious, even as much as it's painful, um, because some things just fall by the wayside because they don't matter anymore in light of eternity. And it's something that I've prayed for years. God, give me that, give me that perspective and that reality. But I could only go so far into that um, without a cancer or a terminal diagnosis. And some people might be able to live in that reality without the diagnosis. I just mm-hmm. tend to be um, a little thick skulled and slow <laughs> to learn. <laughs> um, so some of that is just treasuring what really matters and things like honestly my appearance and to women especially in this day appearance is pretty big (laughs) and looking young is a big thing it just doesn't matter you know when I think of forever and ever and ever with Jesus and what's coming so quickly it just what I look like is it's gonna be done fast it's going quickly for all of us and so some things like that that we value so much in this culture just don't they're not they're not gonna last and and that reality is very keen to me it's very um real (laughs) reality is really real um and then how did you ask that about jesus or what well what are you learning to appreciate about him more Mm. Mm. you know i think anything that I've ever experienced in him before is magnified now. And so that's a multifaceted um, answer in that all the things that I have loved and have been precious to me about Jesus, his nearness, his tenderness, his forgiveness, his ability to take something destructive and awful and turn it into beauty and turn it into miracles, his um, his patience with me, his, um, his joy, all these things, his grace, all these things that I have over time come to appreciate about him are now amplified. They are huge. And each day I feel those things about him so keenly because of what we're walking through because of this, you know, brevity of life that I've been given now. So that's why I say, you know, life has gotten harder and harder, but Jesus has become more and more beautiful. And isn't that ultimately what we want? Because in Jesus is more joy. We get more peace. We get more patience. We get more, our dreams are truly starting to become reality when we're living in his presence because we want security. We want all these things that we are born with as wants, we find satisfied in Jesus. And so if all these other things are stripped away and we're getting more of Jesus, that's ultimately what our souls long for. So I'm getting more of what I was made for and I long for through this. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, you know, you, you articulate it so well, and it makes me think of the psalmist in, in Psalm 34 and three, 
Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt mm. his name together. It's like mm. he's inviting uh, the congregation, if you will, his brothers and sisters to mm. um, make God bigger yes. in, in your heart and in your mind because he, yes. he certainly is. And, you know, I'm reminded of uh, that C.S. Lewis quote that, that God shouts uh, through our pain, you know, yes. That, yes. Uh, that, that God whispers in our pleasure, but he speaks yep. and shouts through our pain. And it's like, yep. in some ways, uh, the hard things of our life uh, causes mm. us to be able to see more clearly his character and his attributes. Yes. And they're put on display and they're magnified. And um, and there's certain things I can honestly say about my theology of who God is, my mm. understanding of who he is, that became clearer in my heart and mind um, through my journey of suffering mm, and pain yes. uh, mm. than I probably would have uh, understood if I was just uh, living the life of immortality that I thought yeah. I could live, <laughs> yes. you know? And yes. uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of E.K. Bailey, but E.K. So. Bailey was a great preacher who, similar mm. to you, wrote a book while living with terminal cancer. His book is wow. called Farther In and Deeper Down. He, uh, Moody Publishers wrote it. Um, wow. And uh, in it, he says, be careful because your accomplishments in life can cause you to feel immortal Ooh. and think you don't need God. Yep. And we need to be careful about that. Yep. And maybe uh, the humbling reality that uh, life is full of brokenness and that I have broken pieces leads me exactly to where God wants me to be in a place where I recognize I need thee. Oh, I need thee. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back with more of Colleen's story right after this. Hey there, friends. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks having a fascinating conversation with Colleen Challenge about her book, In the Hands of a Fiercely Tender God. It is 31 days of hope, honesty, and encouragement for the sufferer. I want you to do me a favor, find out more at our website on how you can order Colleen's book. You can go to equipradio.org. That's equipradio.org. Their program details, uh, today's program details, We'll provide you with a link so you can order. We're also going to be a blessing to five friends today who connect with us on social media. We have five complimentary copies of Colleen's wonderful book that we would love to get into your hands. So if you go to our social media pages, Facebook or Twitter, and just let us know, I'd love a copy of that book. We will pick five friends that we'll send it out to uh, today. Uh, but don't worry, if you don't win, you can still order your own copy. Just go to our website, again, equipradio.org. Check us out there. Well, friends, as we talk about all that life throws our way, maybe there's an area of your life that's a curveball that you say, I didn't see this coming. Maybe it's depression. Maybe it's a divorce you didn't see coming. Maybe it's a doctor's... Um, announcement to you of, of sickness that you didn't see. Maybe it's a death, uh, but in the midst of it, we want you to know God sees you, and we certainly would love to be your prayer partner today to 
come alongside of you and to pray for you. So again, use social media for the good. If there's an area that life has thrown a curveball to you, I want you to uh, go to social media, Facebook and Twitter. Let us know how we can be praying for you. And I promise you, we will. Colleen, um, I want to go to a page of your book that so often I think uh, is uh, easy to overlook. And that is the dedication page of your book. You dedicate this book to Eddie and Jeremy. Mm-hmm. You go on to say, only he loves you more than I do. I love that. Mm-hmm. What does Jeremy mean? What does that name mean? Mm-hmm. It means the Lord lifts up and sets free. I love that. <laughs> I, I, love I love that you asked that. Most people don't ask. I love that. <laughs> so, so I got to assume that wasn't mistakenly chosen. No, uh, no. <laughs> yeah, so talk a little bit about those two men in your life. Mm, I could talk for weeks about this, okay? So, <laughs> um, oh my goodness, I am, um, I'm spoiled. I just, I love these two two guys with all my heart. And um, Jeremy turned 11 this last summer. I didn't know if I would be there to see it. And tears streamed down my face as we sang happy birthday to him. He is joy. He is hilarious. He is, uh, God's put resilience in him and he has suffered so much in his short life, but Mm. he has a tender heart and um, a joyful, courageous one. And Eddie is faithful. Oh, that man is faithful. And Mm. just, he has, even as we speak, he's going through crazy stresses with his small businesses since um, COVID. It's just been crazy. And he has borne so much stress and he has, Mm. he has been faithful and he, he serves at our church and he cares for me and gives me huge hugs and tells me how much he loves me. It's just, (laughs) that man is the real deal. So I'm so grateful. I know. Yeah, such a blessing. And again, one of God's graces, right? Uh, to have totally these totally. Uh, these guys in your life. And, and, and yeah. I do want to just use this as an opportunity to say, look for that. And, you know, friends, mm. as you go through your difficult valleys in life, um, look for the people that God has placed there. And sometimes mm. it's the ones right up under your nose. Or sometimes it might be the ones that you would have picked or anticipated. Other times, God surprises us mm-hmm. with friendships we didn't anticipate uh, forming mm-hmm. or people that we didn't uh, know prior to uh, the season of challenge. But however mm-hmm. God wants to bless you, just be open uh, to that. Um, mm-hmm. I guess the tough question I have to ask is, how do you share uh, mm-hmm. with Jeremy news so heavy as a terminal cancer diagnosis. Can you take us back to that, Colleen, and um, how you walked through that? Yeah, well, with the original diagnosis, um, Eddie and I had just resolved to be really open with Jeremy, that he would be part of the whole process and we wouldn't hide things from him. So we were kind of in the practice of that already. And that I think that's probably been true from the very beginning with different things, just that we're open with him. Um, so it just was the natural progression when we heard that the cancer was back, um, that we would just process openly with him. And I, my heart in that was that he would be able to see along the way God's strength and grace and goodness, and that we could still have joy. We could still laugh. Um, 
and so that it wouldn't just be um, sheltering him from hard things, but saying here, life is full of hard things, but look at what God does in the midst of them. So the day um, I received my terminal diagnosis, I was actually alone because of COVID and different crazy things. Um, and so I met up with my husband in a parking lot, grocery store bar- parking lot, mm-hmm. and we just kind of looked at each other and hugged each other tight and you know, you're just in shock. And we were like, okay, let's go home. And we still had no idea how to tell Jeremy. He was with my parents, um, at our home. And I walked in and I, um, sat down and I just said, um, Hey bud, God has given me the gift of a little more time with you. Um, but this is really hard. And I told him, Mm. you know, the timeline and what we'd heard. Um, and, we just, we both wept and wept Mm. and wept and Mm. held each other. And, um, those are moments that are just otherworldly. There's no way to explain them or, you know, you know, um, and, and in, in that there does seem to be in those first moments, uh, that God buffers with grace the impact, even though we were weeping and wailing, there was also a sense that, he didn't let the entire full reality crush us in that moment. Yes. Um, that would be in the coming weeks. <laughs> there was a lot of pain and grief that ensued in the coming weeks. It was, it was dark. It was mm-hmm. hard, but there was never a time where I didn't sense that God was with me in it and that he was going to redeem this. And I do have to add too, there is something extremely sacred about walking with your child through this kind of stuff and getting to coach him in eternal realms and getting to speak into, I could have been taken in a car accident, but God is giving me this gift of being able to show Jeremy that we can be so honest. I've told him, you say anything, you tell me anything, you can feel anything like this is, this is safe. (laughs) Like, and as he does that, then I can gently say, and let's tell that same thing to God. And what a privilege in those moments to just gently, slowly coach him in bringing all of it unfiltered to, to Jesus. Yes. So. That's such a, uh, such a sweet thing that you've just allowed us to experience. Thank you for just inviting us into what I know is a very personal, very intimate mm. moment. I, I, I will say that you describing that just as a reminder to me of two things. First, you know, in the aftermath of our, our son's uh, death, uh, mm. I felt like I look back at it now and I say, uh, God kept us in a grace bubble. Uh, mm. We were five, we, we referred to it that way. It's wow. like this bubble of grace wow. where there's some things now that I look back on and say, uh, oh, yeah, that was happening all around us at that time. Yeah. <laughs> but God yes. just made us <laughs> oblivious to that wow. so that we could survive. And I think about the second thing I think about, and we've been studying uh, at our church recently, the Gospel of John, just looking at it again. Mm. And <laughs> Jesus says these precious words to his disciples on the eve of what we now call Good Friday, uh, on the eve of his uh his crucifixion, the day he would purchase our salvation uh, with his blood. He says these words in John chapter 12, 
I'm sorry, chapter 16, verse number 12, he says, I still have many things to say to you, but Hmm. you cannot bear them now. (laughs) And you think about just the tenderness of that. Like there's so much more in my heart that I want to share with you. (laughs) But just rest now in time. Hmm. Uh, The spirit will will reveal these things to you. It's going to guide you into all truth. He could have overloaded them. He could have said, listen, listen, boys. We only got 24 hours, and you get out your notepad because I got some lessons I got to teach you, and I need you to take notes. But he didn't take that approach. Yeah, He says, I'm going to give you what you can bear now. Yep. And in time, the paraclete, the, the comforter, the one likened to me, he will lead you into all truth. And so in Amen. time, Amen. God will get you all that you need, the grace yeah. of God is available. The active ministry of the Holy Spirit is available to all of us who believe yes. in Jesus. So trust in him for grace, even in those hard conversations. And I bring this up because some that are listening to us are going to have to have tough conversations in the days to come. Mm-hmm. you got to be honest. And I love that that's in the subtitle of your book. You know, 31 days of hope, honesty, and encouragement for the sufferer. All right, listen, we're going to take a break, our last break of the day. But when we come back, I'm going to have Colleen speak to a few groups. What do you say to those singles that are out there who say, I thought I would have been married 10 years ago, and I'm not. How do you uh, encourage them? I want her to also, if she could, speak to some moms and dads, some parents out there that need a little bit of encouragement as well. So I don't want you to go anywhere. Colleen's book is available. Go to our website, equipradio.org. That's equipradio.org. In the hands of a fiercely tender God. Do you know him that way? I pray that you do in the depths of your soul that you would know that he is fiercely tender to you. Colleen's book can be useful in helping you to know that. Quipradio.org. We'll be right back right after this. This daily program is fully devoted to coming alongside listeners like you to give you the tools needed for a successful walk with God. As one of our loyal listeners, would you be willing to become an equipper? Your monthly contribution will be applied to equipping others all across the country. Plus, as an equipper, I'll send you regular emails that contain brief pastoral messages prepared just for you. To become an equipper now, call 888-644-4144 or go online to equipradio.org. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. All right, Colleen, this is what we call the rapid fire round. I'm going to throw out some questions. We'll see how many we can get to, and you try to give as many answers as you can. All right? So first, two singles. You were single Mm -hmm. until you were 34, which was uh, Mm -hmm. past age that you were thinking uh, uh, that you would be single. What encouragement do you uh, feel the book has for singles? Mm -hmm. Well, I just, I want to, validate those who are in the thick of singleness um, or those are who are single and wanting to be married. Some people yes. are content single. So I don't want to just yes. lump all singleness together, but for those who are like me, um, that it is as hard as cancer. 
I just want to say that I, it, mm-hmm. it's a different kind of hard, but, um, I've told my single friends that, listen, this is, this is really valid what you're going through and what you're saying is, wow. is real, what you're feeling. Um, and I think in the book, I try, you know, my heart was to not make the book all about cancer because there, we all face so many different struggles and cancer does not have the corner on the market of suffering. So for the single, um, one who's longing to be married, um, my, my longing is that the book would be a gentle encouragement to find our good in Christ, um, to experience that in his presence is abundant joy. And it doesn't mean the pain is less. It doesn't mean that it's not real how hard this is, but that his withness is our good. Um, and I hope it's a gentle word for those going through that. Yeah. Thanks for validating that. That's so powerful. All right. So mom, moms and dads who see their children going through, uh, sickness and chronic Mm. illness, what do you want to say to them as you reflect on God's grace through that season? You know, that is where I began to understand an aspect of God um, in giving up his only son um, and watching his son suffer for us. Mm. Um, That is so precious. And I think we parents who watch our kids suffer get to enter into the heart of Jesus and God, um, the Trinity, the Godhead, um, in a very sacred enviable way, if I can say it like that. And I say that tenderly, knowing that watching our kids suffer does something that nothing else has done to me. (laughs) It has been the undoing of me many, many times. Um, And it has wrecked me. And then Jesus comes in and, and remakes me in a new way, because I'm entering further into God's heart and understanding what he did. And there is, you know, fellowship of sufferings with him. So um, I I encourage parents take one day, sometimes one hour at a time and keep going to God and telling him how you feel and um, pouring out your heart to him like water. It says in Lamentations 3, pour out your heart like water in the presence of the Lord. And he is going to meet you again and again and again and show you more of his goodness, even though it is crazy hard. All right, final one. I can only imagine the days where you wake up and you're feeling exhausted or tired or overwhelmed. How would you recommend people stay in community, stay in relationship, Mm -hmm. uh, stay in the fight, if you will, um, Mm. who are going through that? Thank you so much for asking this, Chris. I think this is so crucial. (laughs) It's it's, um, sometimes the difference between... Uh, making it and not making it is staying connected with our people. And um, one thing that God's done in my heart is um, a slow work over time. I'm slow. Like I've said, I'm slow to learn slow work over time to get me to the point where I get out of bed because of people. That's what helps me keep um, fighting because otherwise I would love to just go home to be with Jesus, but it's, it's people who, who um, compel me to keep um, fighting for more time, more days, because I have unbelievers in my life that I love with all my heart. They are precious to me. And I get to be here longer to pray for them and to be in relationship with them. Um, 
And for those who are believers, who are so dear to me, I just, they're my people. They, they remind me of who I am. They keep me accountable. They, um, <laughs> they make me laugh. They remind me of what God has done, you know, for me and how faithful he is. And so I stay tightly knit to a close small circle now. That circle is small because I can't handle much beyond that. Um, I have only so much energy each day, but that has made all the difference. Isolation is deadly. (laughs) It's it's deadly. Um, So the church of Jesus and his people and those our life touches to bring people to him, the unbelievers in our lives, those are all people it's worth working hard for each day and staying connected to each day. Well, I will say this, that uh, there's a two-way message in that. For the sufferer, certainly, that you would remain open in heart to relationship, but to the church as a community, that we would provide that, that we would, Mm. as much as uh, people would grant us access into their lives, and God would give us the grace to step in as a trusted friend. Let's, Let's do that so that we can encourage as many hearts as we can. Colleen, last word, what do you hope people get from the book? Oh, I have prayed over, I've prayed so many things, but that they would know and love Jesus more. That's, I just pray and pray and pray and pray that they would know and love Jesus more. Well, thank you. You are a gift to us, and we are so grateful that you have opened up your life about singleness about being a mom who uh, had to journey through a season of sickness with their uh, with their precious child, about facing the realities of a terminal illness, all while looking at the grace of God in His Word and in the light of Jesus. Thank you so much for just carving out this time to be with me today. Oh, thank you so much, Chris. It was such a joy. Father, I pray that you would bless Colleen. I pray that you would bless Eddie and Jeremy as well. And I do pray that your blessing will be upon every reader of this book. Won't you open up our eyes that we might see Jesus? Won't you open our ears that we might hear your voice spoken through your word? And won't you touch our hearts so that we might know your love? We ask these things in the precious and mighty name of your son and our savior. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Friends, I want you to pick up this book. I know in some ways it was a hard conversation, but I pray that the honesty has also produced abundant hope in your heart. God really is good. And his goodness is seen in mighty, concrete, and wonderful ways. In the hands of a fiercely tender God. I can't wait to be with you again next time. Until then, Remember, Equip with Chris Brooks is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute. Hey there, friends. Chris Brooks here. You know, I'm always encouraging you to rejoice in this day that the Lord has given us. But even for me, there are some days that are easier to give thanks than others. Pastor Dustin Crow will help us to lift our heads and our hearts to God in gratitude so that we can find the hope we need to live victoriously. Join me for a thankful edition of Equip. Listen live weekdays at 1 Eastern, noon Central on the Moody Radio app or equipradio.org.